You're listening to the Unframe of Mind Show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your hosts battle the forces of evil by lobbing fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. Um, like you were saying, just trying to be, trying to put our thoughts out there, be controversial. You know, not not just for the sake of being controversial, but you know, um, it does present quite a challenge when we don't pick one side over the other. We're not like extreme left or extreme right, so it's hard to get that kind of bump in numbers that mm-hmm. you see some others getting. You know, yeah, but it is. What yeah, it is. I, I think that that's uh that that's part of that's part of society. Um, you know that uh, you see people pick sides. And uh, what what you'll probably find out from me is I got invited by a friend of mine to your uh, Facebook page, and right. uh, because I am I am kind of that controversial libertarian left or, or leaning libertarian Christian, you know that that opposes war, that opposes you know uh, any kind of evil done to mankind except for. Uh, the only evil that's perpetrated by mankind is is by if, if you're if you're breaking the process you know that that was set in order to begin with. So that's that's my take on. <laughs> How the hell do you manage that? <laughs> it's um uh, it's very easy because uh, when you actually when you uh, when you get into the when you actually get into the word uh, in in the New Testament. You find people. It's it's even with Christians, you you know, like you've got your hard Trumpers that you know, yeah, go fight them to the end. But then you have the word is saying, you know, love your enemy, pray for them, do good to them that despitefully use you. <laughs> it's kind of hard to support that kind of uh, government, you know, when you when when you had committed yourself to that. So. Uh, you know, it, it's almost like you're like a two face, you know. Right. I never, so, I never could understand how y- 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 I've I've noticed, you know, trends, and I've I've read about it, and people have. I'm not the first one to like notice it or anything like that. But the trends te- tend to be that the more atheistic a society becomes, the more they start to lean on government as as a way of of solving those problems or you know, uh, getting the support that they need or answering those questions that they need answered. And uh, it's just, it's interesting. I, I never understood how, when you really get right down to it, how any Christian at all could ever support a government, period. I, I mean, I get that they're more individualist and they're more small government, but when you get right down to it, it seems like the appropriate position for any Christian to take would be an anarchist. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see okay. any other way around it. I'm not sure how you feel about that. I know, I know you said libertarian. Is mm-hmm. is more where you stand on that, but where how do you, how do you still hold on to any kind of justification okay. for a government? I, that would be an interesting I, question. Yeah, I think the the minimal government is the best government, right? I mean, uh, obviously there has to be some rule in place that allows me and you to live side by side. You know, sure, whether sure. that that rule can be written or it could be unwritten. You know that that you know me and your neighbors and we have a property line and and. And Daniel's property line is 600 feet from my house. Yep. You know, I respect that. And, and oh, I agree. when I start, when I start to intrude, uh, impede upon that, on that property line, then, then that's where you, you may have a problem with it. And mm-hmm. then, but that's the way governments work. Governments doesn't, you know, uh, government doesn't come in and say, uh, well, okay, we're just going to seize your property. What they do is they take that 600 
foot property line, and then they go five ninety nine, five ninety eight, five ninety seven, <laughs> till they eventually they're on your front step. And I think that's what we're seeing in society today. Uh, you know, should we take precautions in what we're doing? Absolutely. Uh, but you know, you had to have uh, an understanding of what freedom and, and true freedom really is. Um, and I think that that's, that's my take, you know, with scripture is the fact that yes, you can be an anarchist, but you can be a peaceful anarchist, uh, to give you the example would be the protest. Uh, one, one of my friends last night, we was debating on Facebook about, you know, he was not pleased with the protest that's been going on, you know, city to city to city. Yeah, And so uh, I simply recited the First Amendment uh, in the Bill of Rights to the Constitution where it said that, uh, that you know, that, that the people have a right to peacefully assemble and to and to get their grievances addressed. Uh, to me, that's that's a peaceful protest. That's something that people are gathering. Uh, but what governments are wanting you to do now is, is to use the six foot, uh, uh, the whole uh, nuance of the CDC and the WHO and, and things of that nature that, yes, we should take into account. But again, that should be the individual's uh, choice in doing so. Yeah, no, I totally I totally agree as far as property rights and that kind of thing. And I, and I think I would be curious to know what your perspective of what an anarchist is as compared to a libertarian, because um, just based on the way you were talking about it it sounds like you don't quite understand what it is and that's that's okay and most people don't they, they have the uh, propagandized version of what an anarchist is for, uh, you know the, the the whole idea of a uh, molotov cocktails flying across you know and just total chaos and there's no rules and no regulations and no no order at all and uh oh no that's 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 not true anarchy you know is something that's that's you know uh, to me is is perpetrated by the individual against a, against another group you know it's a rebellion of a type well I, I wouldn't necessarily say that either i would i would say it's more you know just to get in basic simple terms it just means no rulers no no uh organizing class that has like get, gets to be uh, live under a separate set of rules like everybody lives under the same rules period and mm-hmm. when a lot of people talk about the the uh, chaotic anarchism that people tend to picture you know, compared to what is the question really when you think about it is like, okay, well, what are we dealing with now? We're dealing with lawlessness, complete lawlessness. We got a bilegal society where people are, you know, uh, you and I don't, you know, we're living under way different rules than our politicians are. You know, you can't get that. You can't hold them accountable for nothing. Like, but one of us gets caught with a baggie of weed in our car in the wrong state and we're going to jail, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, that's, that's the chaos and disorder that people are afraid of it's just happening in slow incremental you know little by little things like you're talking about getting getting on more of the subject that you reached out to me in the first place in the in the subject matter of this particular conversation you you would ask me some questions um over over facebook i believe when you joined the group i I put out a post (laughs) about there's no such thing as god the state or a a non-essential worker which I realize is a a a, um, a graphic that's designed to spawn a lot of conversations because a lot of people do believe in God, they do believe in the state, and they do believe in non-essential workers. So it's like, where do you even start with that? And you you chose the the uh, God angle, which is which is fine. And uh, let me see, I brought I, I I made sure to copy the notes over here to what we had, and I don't even have them up. <laughs> 
That's okay. I'm I'm completely freestyling too. So where did I have them up? No, I'm, I'm I wasn't doing like a bunch of research or nothing like that. I just wanted to make sure I had the the initial conversation starter brought up. There it is. Apparently, I closed the document. Didn't realize it. Yeah, so, I, think, I think it. I think it originally started with the Phil Robertson video of comparing uh, people's fear as opposed to people's belief in the coronavirus versus is there a God? Because you, they're both invisible. But if you can, if you can believe in one, why can't you believe in the other? Oh yeah, I do. I do remember that. I do remember that. And and you would ask me a question and about why I don't believe in God. And uh, uh, my my. Oh yeah, that's right. Because my counter argument. Uh, okay. I have a lot of conversations, so you have to bear with me if I get them all mixed up. So, um, I get it. The um, the Phil Robertson video was uh, it, it was it was a a weak point at best from my perspective. Um, just just to get people caught up who are listening is basically he was saying as as you just said if you know a lot of people can't see God yet they don't believe in him, but you can't see this coronavirus yet we believe in it and we behave accordingly as if the coronavirus is real a real thing. To which I responded, but we can see the coronavirus. That's that's the major difference. Um, I, I don't know about you, but you know when you can sit there and look at the entire genetic code of something and start coming up with different medications and and different counter counters to it and whatnot. I don't know all the technical medical terms, but <laughs> forgive me for that. But you know when you can sit there and see the entire genetic code of something, that's definitely being able to see something. Uh, whereas with God, it's not like we have anything we can point to, no, no genetic code, no, uh, no evidence of any sort that can be backed up scientifically at all that I'm aware of. I'd, I'd be glad to hear of some if there is, but, um, you just asked me why I didn't believe. And that's kind of <laughs> just, just to jump us off. That's, that's where I'm at. What, what was it that, what was the, what was it in the argument that he made that was compelling to you? Um, not just the invisibility out of it all. I think that, uh, when you, when you see the video, you see, uh, you know, it, it was kind of, it wasn't, it didn't hit hard home. Um, but again, we look at the, we see the Corona uh, virus as being, uh, an invisible. And, and of course, you know, there's, there could be asymptomatic, uh, people and symptomatic people, carriers, people that don't know, people that won't get sick, uh, that will carry it and give it to the people that are sick, you know. So we see the evidence of the coronavirus. We see, uh, we see that the, the, the scientific data that you had, you had talked about, uh, on the coronavirus, uh, I haven't, I haven't seen that. I don't, I don't get into, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist, never claimed to be, um, but one thing that I, I do know is that in, in comparison to what Phil Robinson's video was saying, uh, I believe that we can see the effects of God. Now, anybody has, has seen, has seen God would be, uh, I would say that would be a, a falseness because, uh, in, in, in scripture, we know that, that no one has seen God, uh, to face. Uh, but the evidence uh, is certainly there uh, throughout time. And I can give some examples just personally uh, from my standpoint later on that uh, we can get a little bit on it in this discussion, but that's, that's my take on it. So, so you're, you're saying that, okay, so I'm trying to figure out which, which direction to go with that, um, that nobody in the Bible has seen God. 
I thought, uh, if I remember correctly, that he presented himself many times in many different ways and many different manis- manifestations, uh, up to and including actually, you know, uh, talking directly to people face to face. I don't know if it's face to face or whatever that even means, but like a, like uh, a, no, like a booming, it, it, booming cl- uh, voice from the sky or what have you. I don't, I don't know that <laughs> how how it would Correct. technically have 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 appeared to these people other than just in their oh, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely happened. Uh, but as far as a face-to-face encounter, that would be that would be uh, that would be a far stretch to to be able to prove that in scripture. Um, <clears throat> however, you know, when the example of of Moses upon a mount in in uh, Mount Sinai and how he had he had gotten uh, had received the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. um, he could not face God uh, because God was so holy that he could not face him. So that that's that's the uh, point that I was I was trying to make on that. Kind of like kind of like when you you see an accident about to happen and you know it's going to be bad and you turn away because you can't look at, can't look at it. Kind of like that. <laughs> I, I would suppose that'd be a, probably a good analogy, I guess. Well, that's not very holy. That's just terrifying. I I can understand that. So <laughs> that's what, an analogy, right? Right. So what what was it for you that I mean? Have you been a Christian your whole life or? Oh no, 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 you want, no. Want to take uh, me through that journey of of. What that transition sure. look like? Um, I was, I'm a, I'm a huge skeptic. Okay, uh, always have been. I think that's just my nature. Uh, what I had done I, uh, when I was 16, uh, I had went to church. I uh, went to church all my life. My grandfather was a minister. Um, knew the word, done the Sunday school lessons, done the whole nine yards, but had not professed to be a Christian. Um, it was in a little small Methodist church where I'd got saved. Uh, actually when, when the, and that's what I'm saying when you talk about a spiritual experiment, experience, uh, God is, is something that, uh, that is very real when it's heartfelt. Uh, it's not something that you can just confess and say, okay, well, I'm a Christian. Uh, it doesn't work like that. Uh, God works on one end and, and, and you have to work on the other. So it's kind of like a, uh, 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 it's a contractual agreement in, in a sense. Uh, and when, when God had, um, when, when God had, had knocked on my heart that, that morning, that Sunday morning when I was 16, uh, I remember getting up because I'd felt such conviction, uh, and, and knew I needed to pray, but I didn't really know how to pray. And this is a kid that, that it went, you know, done the Sunday school lessons, you know, like I said, done the, done the coloring books, done the whole nine yards and uh, mm. growing up in the church. And then, and then to get up and to walk down the aisle. And I remember, uh, the, the door to the outside was to the left and the altar was to the right. And again, I was under conviction. So I could have very easily had chosen to go left, to go out the door because, but I had to do something. And then when I gave my heart over to the Lord, when I gave it to Jesus Christ, uh, then, then that's when uh, the study had actually began. Is it possible? I, I just, I'm trying to pick this apart a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, is it, is it possible that when you decided to give into that, like you basically you decided to start believing in that direction, that anything that was experienced and felt after that would have been some kind of a confirmation bias leading you more toward in that direction? I know everybody's uh, weak, no, not weak to this, but. Uh, uh, can fall victim to confirmation bias without even realizing it. Is that a possibility? Um, I don't think so. I think that I think that God confirms it uh, with your spirit. 
And that's the reason that I brought up the scripture that I brought up in First John chapter 4 uh, in our discussion the last time uh, on Facebook. And I thought it was very, very important to, to ask that question. I just felt like, you know, uh, you know, to ask, to ask that question particularly. So, and, but I think that in Romans chapter 10, uh, verse nine, you know, it says that thou shalt confess with thy mouth that the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart. So we have to believe in the heart and God had raised him from the dead. So there's that resurrection issue there as well. Uh, you know, there's a lot of facets of Christianity, uh, I think you know that, mm-hmm. and I think that that's. Uh, I mean, you're you're a smart guy, and it, it to see that there are also when you study when you study the New Testament, you'll see that churches were questioning a lot of things that we question today in Christianity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the struggles I have is finding two Christians that actually agree on you know scripture. It's it's not the easiest thing to do, if not, I would say downright impossible to find two that 100 percent agree on everything. Um, yeah. Just too much too much room for uh, misunderstandings or misrepresentations or straight up just mischaracterizations or whatever whatever the case is, or trying to bend some kind of scripture to fit into your you know shoehorn it into your uh, ideological belief. Um, Absolutely. I, I guess. I guess I would be curious then to to to, to ask why why Christianity specifically? Why why did why was that the one that you chose out of what is it ten thousand other possible religions in the world? Why why that one? Oh, well, it was number one. That was it was it was passed down from from uh, family. You know, like I mentioned earlier, my, my grandfather was a Baptist minister. So I'd been around it, you know, pretty much all my life, but I had not, you know, experienced it and I'm not experienced. Uh, so that's, that's my, that's my take on it. So because your parents and your family were Christians, you then chose Christianity. Uh, actually my father was not, he was just happened to be at church that day. Well, right, well, right. I mean, but you you were exposed to it, is what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying. You, that was that sure. was that was what you were exposed to. So say say if you were uh, born in a Muslim culture, the likelihood that mm-hmm. you would be Muslim is pretty high. Would you suggest that's true? Sure. Just based on and and how would you? I mean, I just don't understand how you would come to terms with because you would probably experience some of the same stuff, if not some of the fear based type. Uh, angles of it as well uh, through that culture um what what would what would make you maybe differentiate or have you tried others to to see if maybe this is really the right one or how do, how does that work with you how did have you how do you handle that well i think again we we revert back to first john chapter 4 uh verse 1 where it says try the spirits and see if they are of god i don't think god's going to mislead you in the spirit uh i know he's not uh, now it could be a there, and, and it was kind of interesting that we done a we done a study last night on blasphemy, mm-hmm. uh, blasphemy in the Holy Ghost. It was it was uh, the core the core text was it uh, uh, was Matthew chapter twelve verse thirty one and thirty two, and and how that uh, and how that established religion uh, chose to look the other way uh, to Christ, uh, which was a totally unforgivable sin. Uh, but again, when we talk about we talk about First John uh, chapter four verse one, it says, "Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world." So what that tells me is, is that you know that that we we should try the spirit to see if it is of God, and and we have to have an we have to have an open mind, we have to have an open heart, 
uh, and I believe God would confirm it. Uh, I have uh, several uh, friends that are that are not Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had several friends that were that were atheists that I worked with, um, that I was that I played ball with, that I, um, you know, there's all. I find it uh, very. I don't want to say entertaining because that's not the right word I'm looking for. Uh, but, but I'm very involved in what other people uh, think and how they think and, and how they, how, how it's molded their mindset. Yeah. I think that's uh, something I think that I, th- I think that that's, that's where we fall in the same category. We agree a lot, uh, a lot. We just, we just differ in this aspect. And I think it's good to, to have a discussion. Now we have a discussion here that, that, you know, am I, am I going to come on here and change your mind that and you're going to become a Christian? No, no. Uh, but, but can, can I plant a seed? I yep. believe I can. Yep. You could. Um, and, and I'm looking and, for seeds. Trust me. I'm looking for seeds. I'm not trying to, to bring you on just to try to make you look bad or nothing like that. These are, these are actual discussions. I enjoyed it. I enjoy having, I know, I know there's a lot of atheist shows out there that they'll have a Christian on just to make them look like an idiot. And that's not, <laughs> that's not a it's not constructive it's not helpful you're not changing any minds um you don't have the opportunity to plant seeds you know i'm i'm of the opinion you need to assume that the other person you're talking to knows something that you don't know and there might be something that you could present to me today that does plant that seed that i hadn't considered and sure. maybe maybe it could work vice versa that's that's kind of the point of a mutual conversation is that maybe we can mm-hmm. plant seeds with one another um, but more than likely the, the outcome of this is somebody else will be watching the show and either take one side or the other, or maybe somebody else may be watching the show and, you know, for them, a seed is planted they had never heard or some argument that they've never heard comes up like, you know, um, but I, I do, I do agree with you though, that that's something we, you and I, we really enjoy studying how other people think, how those thoughts influence the way they live their lives and, and seeing what the, what the consequences of, of that are. I want, I want to go, I want to go back and set up a scenario for you. Maybe you can answer this for me. And, and I'm just curious how this would happen if it could happen. Um, I'm, I'm imagining being some child in the middle of Africa, just trying to make my way through the world. None of my family, none of my relatives are Christians um, that they might be of the local culture, the local belief systems, whatever that case may be. And that's all I'm exposed to. And how, how would I, I mean, at no fault of my own, how would I ever be even have a chance at get, getting into the kingdom of heaven if I've never exposed to it? I don't know about it. It's completely outside of my purview of knowledge. And like, how, how, what, what's what, what would the process look like? How how does that how is that fair? I guess would be what I'm looking for in this. Okay. Um, matter of fact, I was, ended up working with a individual that is that had uh, fled Africa in. Uh, it's now working uh, side by side of me uh, at a plant. Uh, excuse me, but it, uh, you would not. The individual can't be held accountable if they're if they're ignorant of the situation. Does that make sense? Uh, there's well, no way that 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 I believe that if there if there was someone uh, out there that that had never had received the gospel, that had never uh, had had heard the word of God. How could they? How could they be held accountable? And so, uh, just just to kind of give you then uh, my perspective on that, you, you mentioned Africa, which which automatically brought up a coworker of mine, mm-hmm. uh, and how that he had a tattoo on his hand uh, with a cross, 
and I asked him one day, I was like, you know, I don't, I'll just call him Bob said, uh, and that's not his name. An, an African Bob. named Bob. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I don't really know. When was that name. racist? I'm not sure. I feel like that uh, might've been a little racist. No. Nah. Um, I mean, you're but, Christian. I assume you're a Trump supporter. You're calling Africans Bob. I, I'm, I'm just, I think it's safe to assume you're a racist. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a Trump supporter either. <laughs> so, uh, well, so you're white, a, so, you know, you're, I'm, I'm just messing uh, with you. Go ahead. I don't no, mean to throw I, you off. But, but he had, um, uh, he had a cross tattooed on his hand. So I'd asked him, I said, uh, you know, why, why is that? Why do you have that cross? And he said that was to distinguish Christian from Muslim, which I found interesting mm-hmm. because he was in a predominantly Muslim, uh, country and i can't remember it right offhand because it was such a uh uh, a minute place and i thought how in the world did he ever get to america let alone working in a uh in a manufacturing plant um but but you know i think that it's quite uh, a quite a journey (laughs) and uh but but uh, but that kind of hit home to me, you know, because we we see the the atrocities that that do happen, especially in predominant Muslim countries, to where that uh, where that uh, uh, individuals uh, are persecuted uh, for their beliefs, you know. But if we flip that, uh, are Christians really persecuting others for their beliefs? And I, I, that that's an that's an interesting take in itself. Yeah, not in this point in time in history, no. But there was definitely a time in history when that oh, was true. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, sure. I mean, you know, so I've studied that too. Let so. me let me continue to play with that scenario we set up then, because you 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 mentioned that you know how could you be held accountable for your actions if you never if you never knew Jesus if you never knew God, right? Um, so let's say I am a Muslim. I've grown up in a Muslim country and I'm, you know, I, I follow along with stuff and I be, I'm killing people, you know, there's, I'm, I'm clearly violating like at least 13 of the 10 commandments here. And I, I, I come up to the, to, to judgment day and I'm at the gates of heaven and, and, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to decide whether to let me in. And they're like, oh, well, you didn't know about us? Oh, well, that's cool. You can come in, I guess. I can't hold you accountable, obviously. So, like, does that does that kind of follow with the same logic what you were just talking about? Or am I missing something? Well, I think that I think that God God allows you. And there, there have been certain, uh, certain circumstances that have happened uh, with that uh, over in the Middle East, actually, uh, to where that uh, where that people was being converted to Christianity mm-hmm. uh, just over a voice. And, and I'd heard it on a, uh, on a radio broadcast to where that they were talking about how that, uh, how that this individual, he had actually gave his testimony on the, on the radio. It wasn't just, you know, Hey, I'm the DJ. And this is, this story happened in the middle East where he, he gave his testimony to where that God was speaking to him in an audible voice. Now, how is that even? How is that even remotely possible? Yeah, I well, I guess so. So, what you might be suggesting—correct me if I'm wrong—is that at some point in your life, everybody gets spoken to by God, and they either heed the call or they ignore it and move on with their lives. Or is there? He shows up Maybe. to everybody in the world at some point in some fashion, and you can choose to ignore it or not. Is that kind of? Am I moving in the right direction here? I'm just trying well, to I think feel it, this out. No, I think that I think that you you have an opportunity. It doesn't mean it's going to be audible. Uh, that was just an example. 
uh, again, I think that, that, that people give the opportunity and they, of course, we're, we're, we're still in the age of free will. Uh, the whole reason the Adam and Eve thing happened is because of free will, uh, the, the free, the freedom to choose whether, you know, to serve him or not to serve him. Uh, so they will automatically, uh, uh, have a choice in the matter of whether they would, they would serve him or not serve him. Uh, if if they get that opportunity, Almost. and I would dare say that probably the majority uh, would get the opportunity, but there's no way of really proving uh, that to be true with statistics or anything of that nature, because God had told the church to go out and to and to teach and to teach all nations. Uh, that's something that that is still going on. That's something that uh, has a nation not been reached, has a people not been reached. Uh, well, evidently, because we're still we're still here. I, it's, to me, it still seems quite unfair that that would be the system that we're looking at. Um, I'm still trying to kind of piece together the, the the mechanics behind it. How does it actually work? How does it, you know, if if it is true, like how does all this stuff actually manifest? Um, right. We we do get some vague stories of manifestations and voices in our heads that we can't prove. There's no way to to pinpoint all we got is a, a, a bunch of anecdotes of people saying, Hey, yeah, this happened to me. This is what, ha-, like, this is the voice I heard. And like, there's no way of going, Oh yeah, that's, that's okay. So can I hear it? Is there, is there any way I can experience that as well? Or is there something, what do I have to do to, to, to get that, you know, treatment sure. if you will. And, and, and well, why haven't I heard me? You know, there's another thing is why haven't I heard a voice? How come I haven't been, you know, what have I, what have I doing wrong? Or, you know, the, you, you might even start self-doubting in that case, if that is the case. I don't know. It's too many, too, too many mechanics of it that just don't work. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like trying to have a car where all the wiring harnesses just go completely in weird directions. And some of them are just hanging out there, you know, not, not connected to anything. I, I think that, that sometimes God comes in a strong wind. I think sometimes God comes uh, in a still small voice. I think that's that that is scripture as well, I, that, and that's paraphrasing. That's not quoting. Sure. Uh, you know, God doesn't always come to you in a in a in a rushing mighty wind and a, and you know something that. But but also He comes, and I've experienced it uh, two ways. Uh, you know, in a still small voice to where that it's just a peace. Uh, you know, with all this craziness going on lay my head down at night in peace, not having an enemy, uh, man, that's something to, that's something to thank God about for sure. Uh, but as far as, as far as that goes, uh, I, I think us as humans, we can, we can try to create every scenario under the sun of how this works and how that works. But God also said that my ways are not your ways. You know, that, that, you know, we, we can't completely have, uh, understand God completely, if that makes sense. Not, not quite, not quite. Um, doesn't, doesn't make sense, uh, to me anyway. Uh, I, of course I'm coming from different perspectives. So maybe that, again, I'm probably missing some pieces and I'm hoping maybe you can fill them in for me. Okay. So what, what, what would be your, um, uh, what would be your, your stance as far as a belief? As far as a belief? Yeah. I mean, what, what, what do you hinge uh, your your core beliefs on I mean the way that you do you have a family do you have children do you have how do you how do you uh, guide them 
Uh, how do you guide yourself? What what principles do you have? Oh, I think I think uh, you and I might have a lot in common in terms of principles, at least in terms of the libertarian perspective, in uh, specifically the non-aggression principle. Um, that works very well with anarchism. It works very well. Like the, the principles I do hold do hold true, whether you're talking about family, personal, uh, community, government level, everything. It, it just, it just works. Um, when, when you, I think it works when you get right down to it. I know it's been misrepresented quite a few times, but, um, the non-aggression principle for me is kind of one of my main core values that I hold. And that's what I try to, um, teach my children as far as respect for personal property, as far as treating others the way you want to be treated or what's you know commonly known as the golden rule, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I feel like that just seems to be the most compelling argument. It, it works from a, a self, um, what's the word here? Um, I, don't, I don't want to say a selfish perspective, but it works from a self-interest perspective as well. You know, obviously you treat others the way you want to be treated and, you know, you can, it's pretty safe to say you can expect that treatment back for the most part for most people. Um, it's just a general, general rule that is, it seems to work and it seems to be true. Um, I'm not really sure if that answered your question or not. So does your, uh, so pretty much what you're saying is, is that the golden rule is kind of your, your belief foundation to everything in life. Just treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah, I think I think it is one of those truths that's come up in multiple religions and multiple uh, categories and in, in, in multiple disciplines that, you know, it seems to be a, a common truth that a through line, if you will, amongst all of these different belief systems. Um, and I think there's a reason for that. It, de- it doesn't really depend matter as much how you came to it. But the conclusion is it does seem to be that a lot of different people come to it from different ways and different angles. But it, it does always seem to end up there at some point or another. Um, okay, that, so that you 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 had mentioned uh, that you had tried that you said you had tried God at one time, but that I'm am I misquoting you on that? No, no, or? no. There was there was a time probably um, probably for most of my life I didn't I didn't start uh, down this path of atheism until probably early high school maybe. Uh, something around there 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 was it wasn't like a a singular moment that just suddenly everything snapped and changed or it wasn't any kind of i know a lot of people come to atheism through some kind of trauma you know god's an asshole he's unfair i don't you know why would he do this to me clearly he's not real you know nothing like that there was no no trauma it was just uh growing up in an environment in a household where my parents my my dad was uh catholic per his upbringing my mom was christian per her upbringing but they never forced it on us and they always, they, they never made us go to church or made us study any of it. They, they just let us make our own determinations, our own decisions. And so far of my, my mother's six children that she's had, all of all, the four of us that have reached adulthood at this point have all gone down the path of atheism in our own way. It's, it's kind of interesting. It's, I know it's just an analogy and a, and a not analogy. I just said it earlier. An anecdote. I know it's just anecdote, but it is interesting that when you just let people kind of make their own decision, make their own choices, study on their own, at least in my family, we all <laughs> seem to have come to the same conclusion. Um, but yeah, up until that point, I was, I'd, I'd go to church with my grandparents, you know, whenever they came to visit, I'd, I'd like, you know, I, I went to Sunday school. Um, I, I believed in it. I didn't know any better. I didn't know any different. I hadn't studied anything. 
and it's just what I was exposed to. So hope that answers so, your question. So you, yeah, okay. So your exposure wasn't, wasn't necessarily, uh, what I, what I quoted before in Romans, uh, 10 and nine, where it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, uh, did you, I mean, did you confess that Jesus Christ was, was the savior, was your savior? Did you, uh, did you, uh, uh, did you believe in your heart that he was the savior or, or was you always kind of more of a, more of a, on the, on the, on the path of, I don't really know. Uh, I think that that's, but go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really recall having a lot of deep philosophical thoughts before then. Um, it was just me trying to be a kid growing up. I, I don't, I didn't really do a lot of hardcore thinking to that uh, particular angle, um, but no, it wasn't like I was I was an atheist and then I discovered Jesus Christ and you know you know uh, nothing like that. It was it was more I just started noticing some things that didn't quite add up, uh, some questions that people couldn't answer, or if they did answer them, I was getting multiple different answers, never the same one, and and I just started going, wait, this is not something's not adding up here, <laughs> and I I was like, okay, this is okay, this doesn't make sense. Uh, this timeline here doesn't make sense. Wait, why does it say this person did this in the Bible and then later on he's he's doing the exact opposite? Or, you know, the, all the contradictions just started to kind of manifest. And this is actually about the time when I started actually reading the Bible and trying to start studying it. And you start, it's like, for me, the best uh, cure for my religion was reading the text. <laughs> I, I, but for other yeah. people, reading the text is what digs them in deeper. And I don't understand why it was different for me, but it just was. So, I mean, uh, and, uh, we, again, we go back to that first John chapter four, uh, trying the spirits, uh, to see there if they are of God. And mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's one thing that, um, that, that we have to be persistent on, uh, that we, that we, you know, is this truly you? And, and if we find, I won't say, I won't say contradiction, uh, in scripture because scripture doesn't contradict itself, but I would say that, you know, that there are, uh, uh, places in scripture to where that we see that Israel over time, and we're talking about the old Testament and new, mm -hmm. uh, to where that I, I understand people think that there are contradictions in that. Uh, but again, we, we look at, we look at, uh, we look at the Bible as a whole, uh, to, and we got to study to show thyself approved unto God. Uh, that's, that's our reasonable service to God. And, and so I'm thinking that maybe, maybe you've never had that experience. And, and that's the reason that, I mean, when you, even when you started studying, uh, you just kind of maybe got disinterested or, or, or what have you, uh, with, with the word, uh, or maybe, uh, there was a lot of times I knew when I, when I was, when I first got saved at 16, and trust me when I say this, and at 16, I was completely ignorant of Scripture, mm -hmm. even though I'd, I'd went to church all my life. And my grandfather was a Baptist minister. Uh, but, but when I really got in touch with God and that, and that confirmation hit me, uh, there's many a times that I wish today, I'm 45 years old, that I could go back when I was 16, 17, 18 years old and sit down at the kitchen table with my grandfather, who was, who was preparing his sermon on Saturday morning for Sunday morning uh, to be able to sit down with him and to, and to kindly go over the Bible with him. Those are, those are times that I, I miss. Uh, but, you know, I was young and man, I was, I was completely uh, illiterate to God's word, even growing up my entire life, 
mm-hmm. in the church. I knew John three sixteen. I, I I could quote that. I knew I knew there were certain scriptures that I could quote. Uh, you know, but as far as when I really started digging into the Word, uh, it, man, it just took me on a path that uh, never thought that I would ever see the day where I'd be a Sunday school teacher. Um, there was uh, there's a there's a girl that that actually testified in church one day. Uh, I'm I'm a Sunday school teacher for her with her parent for her parents, and I graduated with her. And she said, "I can tell you right now that I never thought in a million years that I'd be that I would have acknowledged that you would be teaching my my mom and dad in Sunday school." Right, right. <laughs> so no, God that's... can't God can't work miracles. No, that's I mean it's good. I mean because because it's not I don't I don't have any problem with Christian teachings as far as the the principles behind it and the conclusions in terms of that and teaching people how to how to handle people in society, how to how to raise your family, how to treat others, that kind of thing. That's that's all great stuff. And if and if that's the path you chose to teach it, you know, more power to you. I don't have anything against you on that. Um just for me personally, I just I have a hard time getting into the the uh the mystical part of it all. Um, I know you mentioned just a moment ago that there's no contradictions in the Bible, and that's something that is is absolutely not true. Um, I'll, I'll I'll tell you that 100. Um, percent Probably the the one that I noticed uh, is is uh, the all important question: who who is human's daddy? H e m a n. If you can look that up for me and tell me who his dad is. And then try to tell me there's no contradictions in the Bible. That would be awesome. Because that's one there that I have not had an answer for. It's a very obscure reference in the Bible that most people don't know about. I don't notice. But it is kind of mentioned in passing. And he has, according to this, two different dads. Or multiple different dads. I can't remember exactly where off the top of my head. It's been a while since I've done that research. but Yeah, that would be, be, uh, be a good topic of discussion next show, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's, there's that one. There's, there's a number of them in there. I mean, have you taken the time to look up? You know, just do a Google search or a DuckDuckGo search, rather. Hey, friends, don't let friends Google, okay? So do a DuckDuck search. No, I don't do. I don't. I don't do Google. Yeah, yeah. A DuckDuckGo search and 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 just look for biblical contradictions, just to see what comes up and if you can come up with answers for them. Because there's a lot of people that will look through those and. You know, I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't seen a, a great rebuttal on those. Um, you know, the, just basic ones like, is it okay to kill people or is that frowned upon? You know, shall I yeah. not kill or, you know, is that okay? Um, and here, here's, here's the big thing for me, man. It's these, this idea that if God is real, is God good? That we, we ha- I had a big debate about it a long time ago with a Christian friend of mine moderated by our uh, show, a friend of the show, Dia Beltran. And uh, I took the you know we we assumed okay God's real for this particular discussion and I took the side that God is not good <laughs> and he took the side that God is good and we had a hell of a debate I, I'd recommend going and checking that episode out if you haven't seen that at least for my opening arguments on that but assuming assuming he's real do you do you feel like he is good and and what evidence do you have for that like based on okay. his you know, what, what what evidence do you have that God's good it's it's a common trope you hear all the time sure. Um, I can give you a personal experience on that as well. Um, worked with a lady for years uh, who was a self-proclaimed atheist, uh, you know, and, and, and of course she had the questions of, uh, you know, God, if God, if God is, if there is a God, then why would he allow this to happen to children? 
if there is a God, why would this, why would this be happening in the world? Uh, you know, if there was a God, you know, so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, we, we would have discussions and I, I say discussions more than debate, uh, because I think it's important. The only way that you're going to get someone to listen to you, if you listen to them and, and to be, uh, respectful, uh, in the fact, because if, if you can, you can notable times see someone trying to dominate a discussion, uh, especially when you're talking and they cut in because they have no respect of what you're trying to say. Uh, they're just trying to get their point across. So we would have multiple discussions about these, uh, these things. And, uh, and, and I told her, uh, I told her, I said, you know, Angie, I said, I hope one day that, that God will reveal himself to you mm-hmm. uh, in the fact that, you know, I can't reveal God to you. Uh, I, I can, you know, again, we talk about it at the beginning of the, of the, of the conversation, how that we can plant a seed. Uh, we can do all these things, but somebody else can maybe could water it uh, and, and to watch that seed flourish into a, a beautiful flower. Sure. Uh, but, but, for her standpoint, she was, she was dead set against God. She was, uh, she had no, no inclination of wanting to even remotely even open a Bible for scripture reading at all. Uh, and, and understandably so according to her views. Uh, but later on down, uh, probably five or six years later, uh, which was about two or three years ago, she had came to me and she said, Hey, Chris, I'm about to go into surgery for a heart, for a little heart condition. They got to clean some stuff up in there. Just remember me. But she didn't say pray for me. And, that, and that's, that's fine. And I said, well, I will. And I said, I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we became good friends. Now, you know, totally different uh, belief aspects. Uh, you know, uh, so uh, she had went into Vanderbilt uh, and, and had the surgery done. And then a friend of mine had texted me and said she's not doing good, that something had had occurred and something had went wrong in the surgery, which was a minor surgery, which I thought was kind of crazy, especially at Vanderbilt because they're so good, right? It, it became to the point to where that my, my mother-in-law was in, in the hospital at the same time she was, and I wasn't able to go see her because she didn't allow any visitors because she's in the critical care unit. Uh, but, I, but she ended up getting a little better and got out of the hospital and got into hospice. Uh, so I got, got to texting her and she couldn't talk because she, because it was something with her heart and her vocal cords and all that. So, uh, she couldn't talk a lot. So I was, I was texting her. And, um, and so I asked her, I said, I said, Angie, I said, have you, you know, have you given any thought about, uh, about God? And she says, oh yeah, I'm a believer now. And I found that, I won't say, I found it very interesting, uh, because here we took someone that, that had a complete, complete atheistic view uh, that didn't believe in a God, didn't believe in anything, but yet everything that, that happened to her, she could have very easily had said, you know, had cursed God and died just like Job's wife did. Uh, but yet she took, she took the alternate path because I believe God brought her to a place to where that, uh, where that she needed, uh, she needed him. And, 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 and the result of that was that, that she accepted Christ. Well, that's, that's a good anecdote. Definitely. And, 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 I, and, and I, 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 Oh, go ahead. I just, I just wanted to add one more thing. Yeah. She, she ended up passing away about six months later. 
So, okay. I mean, uh, it was it was not a uh, now spiritually she was healed. Physically, she was not, because we know that uh, if we survey a hundred people a hundred years ago uh, that had already died, they're dead. Right. They're, everybody's going to die. That's my <laughs> okay, point. Yeah. All right. we're, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not just because we're, we're Christian or uh, we're, we're immune to death. Uh, as far as the physical body. Yes. As far as the spiritual body. No. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a great story for sure. And you know, I'm, I'm glad that she found some kind of comfort in religion. That's, I mean, I don't have a problem with people that do that. Um, I'd like to know what it was that it, specifically changed her mind or what happened exactly did she ever yeah. tell you the story or she just said i'm a believer now and it was just um i think it was just over over time and and you know when people have time to think have time to 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 go back on past conversations uh you know i would like to think that that i had a little part into it right. uh, but man it it doesn't matter to me as long as as long as somebody gets converted that's all that matters well, oh, oh, I remember where I was going to go now. You mentioned the story of Job, and that for me is a prime, perfect example of why God is in fact not good. In fact, he's kind of a petty asshole, you know. In in, uh, forgive me for that. Um, but uh, what what I'm what I get from the story, and maybe you get something different, is he wants to prove how much people believe in him, how dedicated his followers are, and he ends up putting Job through total torture in hell. Uh, murdering his entire family, putting him through all sorts of shit. And yeah, when the story's over, you know, he gives him back, you know, his, his, his flock, his crops and 10 times over or what have you. But, you know, that doesn't bring back his, his wife and children. That doesn't undo the harm that was done. And for what? In the name of proving to the, to the devil that, hey, watch this. Look how, look how powerful this guy believes in me. Look how much he's willing to put up with and still worship at my feet. Like that's not the action. Like if anybody ever did that, in real life. Like if, if say Bill Gates came to my house and he's sitting there with his, with his buddy, uh, yeah, let's say Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, they're standing here, you know, based on past reports on Steve Jobs is, uh, uh, the way he treated people. We'll, we'll call him the devil in this, in this particular case, but you know, Bill Gates, he's standing there, he's going, Hey, check it out. This guy, this guy is such a Microsoft fan. He will never, ever, ever change to your operating system ever, no matter what I do to him and his family. And then he goes on and starts starts sabotaging my household, diseasing my wife and killing my children, doing all this stuff. And then in the end, he ends up giving me like all this money and, and, and everything else. And just to prove a point, like I, you would never in a million years consider that the actions of somebody that's good. Like th- that would I, I'm sorry. The, the only slot where that behavior seems acceptable is through the this this eye of religion. And um, I, again, maybe I'm missing some major chunk of the story or maybe I'm reading it entirely wrong. But that's kind of where, where, how I see the story in in terms of. Help me out here, <laughs> if you if you can. Right. I find it fascinating that number one, you would compare, uh, use the analogy of Bill Gates and God and Steve Jobs and Satan. <laughs> now, I was just trying to come up with the the, the, the dueling oh, the dueling you. operating systems in this case, different belief uh-huh. belief systems. You get a lot of hardcore Microsoft people that'll never switch. You, you know sure. what I'm saying? Yeah, I was just, it was just to, to suit the analogy, but that's, <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Does, you know, do bad things happen to good people? Yeah, absolutely. Bad things happen to good people, but. Does, does good things happen to bad people? Oh yeah. So it rains on the just and the unjust alike. And I think that, that that's, that's the analogy there that was used in Job 
that was that was showing that you can lose everything. And Job's conviction was is that uh, naked I came into the world and naked I'll go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, his 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 love was was completely fixed upon upon God. It wasn't fixed upon materialistic things. It wasn't fixed upon uh, uh, earthly relationships. It was fixed upon God. And I think that that's that's the story of Job. In, in a nutshell, and, and, you know, and you we said, could, and sorry, and you, and you said these things happened to Job, but that's not true. According to the Bible, God did them to Job, specifically did them to him. No, but that's God a whole allowed another it. allowed it. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I just out of out of nowhere, I don't I don't like. It's not like this was just happening to other people necessarily at the time. You know, not at that massive scale. I'd have to go back and read, but I'm pretty sure he did those things to him. Just, just in the name of proving to the to Satan how uh, how strong Job's belief was in him. Again, just different readings of the Bible. But uh, the other the other thing that really stood out to me is uh, people have done, done this work. I didn't do this work, but some other people have done the work. And the Bible itself admits to over two million deaths attributable to God. That's far far more in comparison to the amount of deaths attributed to Satan in the in the Bible. By all intents and purposes. At least from that perspective, it appears that Satan's kind of the good guy in this one. Uh, he's got definitely the lower death count. What do you say about that particular uh, statistic? If to, you will, I'd have to see your source first on that. I don't, I don't, I don't understand where. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just a matter, matter of looking up, looking that up. As far as you know, all the deaths in the world in terms of um, flooding the earth. First of all, killing, <laughs> killing everybody, including newborn. You know. Uh, babies not even born yet. You've got the treatment of the Jews. You've got a number of different types of scenarios where God was directly responsible for the deaths of over two million people, based on the numbers. But th- yeah. even still, you know, you look at the numbers. Like the number of deaths that Satan is mentioned having committed in the Bible is basically none compared in comparison. It would be something else worth looking into if uh, you aren't sure about the numbers on that. I'm not going to bring um, it up. I'm not going to bring it up right now or nothing like that. But it's just th- these are just some of the things that have gone through my mind that I've I've learned in researching and just you know things like that. Um, and again, I, we have to we have to understand that, that that's the sin nature, uh, and and that was that was the curse that was put upon mankind was death. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a it's a curse for sure, but at the same time, it's like um, there's a difference between God just letting things happen and God in a temper tantrum just taking people out, you know, like, ah, you know, wiping the board clean. Just, you know, it just feels feels very, I don't know, I, I, I couldn't, I can't in all, I can't, I can't follow somebody that behaves that way. Um, I don't allow manipulative relationships in my life. That's one of my principles. I don't interact with people who sit there and will treat somebody that way. Um, and it's for, for, for all intents and purposes, this conversation is just, I've seen too many examples of poor treatment of people to be able to say, look, even if he, even if he's hundred percent real, um, I would only come to him through fear, not through love. That makes sense. Yeah, and, 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 and if you, if you, if you come to, if you did it through fear, it wouldn't last. Love it would last, but fear would not, because fear is only is only temporary. Uh, we see that being evident today, doesn't we? I mean, we we see uh, we see a lot of fear that is being perpetrated. But he said that he did not give you the spirit of fear, but a sound mind. Right. 
man, um, I'll tell you what, I think we've, uh, unless you had anything else, uh, I, th- I feel like this, um, we've had, we had a pretty, pretty good rounded conversation and give people a lot to chew on in this particular, t- particular round. I'd, I'd be glad to have you on again to discuss more, more ideas and that kind of thing. Um, I, I hope you feel like this was a, a productive conversation for you. I, I, I wasn't trying, you know, I, I tried not to overstep or insult you or in any way. I don't feel like you're insulted or <laughs> I didn't get that, no. that gist of you. They felt like it was a good conversation, but um, we're, we're good. Yeah, I definitely encourage, you know, anybody that, you know, my, my beliefs are not, you know, the end all be all. So if anybody else wants to come on the show and say, hey, you're full of shit and here's why I, I, I love <laughs> those conversations, you know, come on, talk to me. Let's figure this out. Let's see. Maybe I'm missing some, maybe there's some major missing puzzle piece that I haven't quite ran across in, in the, uh, on the internet or through other people and through other conversations like these. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's good that, that, you know, you have that mindset, you know, to, to, to hash it out and to, and to, and to do the conversations and, and to see how people think, uh, I would only encourage you to, to, to do that spiritually, sure, uh, sure. to, to, you know, to, to, to have that persistence that you have, uh, to continue, uh, in your study. I'm sure that, uh, I don't know if you have children or whatever, but it, you mm-hmm. know, one question I would have for you would be that, you know, uh, depending on your age of children, you know, it may be to a point where it's like, well, dad, I, you know, I want to go to, I, I want to go to church. What would your response be? No, go for it. My, my, my kids have already been to church. They go to with their friends and if they want to go to church, they go to church. Uh, I've, they, they've gone to Christian summer camps. You know, they, they have a, a thing where they go for two weeks and they go out to, you know, lighthouse Christian camp out here. Um, I have zero, I, I, I treat my children the same way my parents treated me in this realm. You know, I'm not going to push it on you. If you have questions for me, I will answer them as best as I possibly can from my perspective. But I'm not going to force anything on you. If you want to, if you're, if if you're going to, if you're going to believe, you're going to believe, and you're going to do the research and you're going to do the work to figure it out. You know, so I, I let my, I, I let them. I don't have any issue with that at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got, I've got all four, right. I've got four, I've got four children. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> not a problem at all. And and and, the, and they're great kids. I, I I feel like we've done pretty well by them so far. So good. You know, it doesn't come without its its roadblocks and and uh, obstacles, but you know, for the most part, we're moving in the right direction. I think. Yeah, I think it, I think too. As you you talked about your your uh, your Catholic background, um, uh, I could see to where that where that you would be uh, a big skeptic upon religion, especially since uh, the Catholic Church is is the ones that usually uh, get get the 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 broomstick of over 68 to 70 million people killed, uh, you know, during the Reformation period or leading up to the Reformation period, uh, you know, in the 1500s. So uh, it, it definitely could be uh, an angle that, 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 you, that I, I see. Listen, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on here, Chris. This has been a lot of fun. I, I love these conversations. Look forward to having some more. This has been another uncomfortable conversation without a condom. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, just head on over to unframeofmind.com to fill out the form and tell me what you want to talk about. And uh, until next time, Chris, uh, do you want to give anybody any uh, information where to reach you if they want to follow up with any no, further questions? Man, I'm just, I'm just on Facebook. You could do it in the Unframed Minds Facebook area or you could do it. You could, you could, okay. you can reach out to me, you know, via Facebook, uh, be more than happy to, uh, send me a private message or whatever. I'm That'll work. happy to answer any question I can. That'll work. I sure appreciate it, man. All right. All Take right. care, Daniel.